this is true buzz that mary jane now we ain't new to this from my stones and from my cannabis enthusiasts never heard a show as good as this uh, number one it's the best bringing in many special guests in the industry of cannabis business owners to growers even artists you know of so sit back and just roll up perfect show for my smokers true buzz hey Hello, everybody. Welcome to the True Bud Show podcast. We have Francesca Vavala here today, and I'm very honored to have you here. How's it going? Oh, it's going great. Thank you so much. I'm I'm really thrilled to be doing this. It's a pleasure to be talking to you and your people. Hey, hey, it's good to have you. And we were just chatting a second ago. You're uh, in Delaware, two fellow East Coasters here. So that's right. East Coast, Beast Coast. Yep, yep. Um, <laughs> You know, I'm out here, made my way out west, but, um, you know, still have the love for the for the home state there. You got to definitely. I know I have a bunch of friends that relocated to L.A., but I'm always Delaware repping with the pride. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Frank, you have a super interesting and cool story, and um, I kind of want to start with that. And then we can dive into the sales joint, um, the business you got going on, because I'm super interested in cannabis sales in general. And I, I think what you have going on is really cool. And I think it's the future in a lot of ways for um, cannabis sales in general. Um, so we'll, we'll kind of start there, but um, with your, your story and how you got into cannabis and, you know, you're, you know, being a conjoined twin at a young age and your sister was a lot of your inspiration from what I was checking out when I was reading your bio. So if you don't mind just giving the listeners and viewers a little background on you. Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to. Um, so yeah, I was born a conjoined twin. Um, my sister Emily and I were connected at our abdomens. And so we shared the liver, which when you're young and healthy is a regenerating organ. So we were really lucky that we could be surgically separated safely and each get a little bit of liver and it just grows into a normal liver. Um, so it's incredible the odds that that really worked in our favor that way because it's pure chance. Um, conjoined twins are just identical twins that never finished splitting. So um, yeah, and you know, my mom, they knew she was having twins, but they didn't realize that we were connected. And so instead of scheduling a C-section for the delivery, they thought it's just twins and started to deliver us normally. And it was Emily that started to come out first. And so in the birthing process, um, you know, they obviously realized what was going on and had to do an emergency C-section. But due to the complications, you know, oxygen was cut off for a while and she was born with a very severe form of cerebral palsy. And so for people who don't know, CP is like um, a disability that exists on a spectrum. You can have really severe cerebral palsy with like Emily, she couldn't walk, she couldn't talk, couldn't feed herself, you know, all of all of those things that are like, what people think of in, in typically severe disabilities, um, communication, mobility, independence, and things like that. Um, but, you know, CP could be as minor as the character on um, Breaking Bad. You know, the son in that had CP and he could drive a car and, you know, be perfectly um, communicative and everything. So, but it's not something that gets worse or better. She couldn't work on her CP. It was just how it was. And so we grew up that way. Um, but when we were born, you know, they realized they could separate us. And so we were separated at four days old. And so we're the youngest conjoined twins ever to be successfully separated in the United States. And um, yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy, but we grew up, she had cerebral palsy and, um, you know, unfortunately in 2013, uh, when we were 31, she caught 
she was having recurring pneumonia issues um, and she eventually caught a superbug. And, you know, antibiotics couldn't kill it. And so um, we lost her in, in 2013. So it was two years later that I first found out about the antispasmodic properties of cannabis and, you know, of CBD especially. Um, and it suddenly made me really mad. You know, I had been this late bloomer because I had always believed the lies and the misinformation that prohibition brought on. And so um, I was taught that cannabis was illicit and dangerous and this gateway drug and all that shit. And, uh, you know, here I was missing out on a plant that could have potentially benefited Emily and at least her quality of life, if not the longevity of her life even. And that really pushed me and it coincided um, with me working with my now business partner, Mike. And basically I had taken on a position as a marketing director for another company that he runs. And um, I had started as part-time content writer, grew in over the years to a marketing director. And he started to look into cannabis because we had been doing sales as a company for um, engineers, um, industrial kind of products. So high, high regulations, engineers, people good at making things, not good at selling things. So we were good at selling things. And that was the relationship we had. And Mike looked at the cannabis industry and said, you know what, I think cannabis is going to be the same way. I don't think farmers are really interested in being salespeople. He was like, I bet we could be of, you know, some assistance there. And he said, and I want you to do this with me. And I said, okay, as long as we do it the right way. And he said, well, what does that mean? And I was like, it's got to be very different than how we run the traditional businesses. It's not about a cash grab. This isn't going to be quick return on investment. We do need a very like tight link to a cause behind this. Um, we are going to have to be political, be out there fighting for the, for, you know, ending prohibition and ending the stigma. We're going to have to do all of these things that are so antithetical to how most businesses tell you to behave. And he was like, all right, I'm in. And I was like, let's do it then. So that's how we really started was we already had an expertise in sales for people that were, you know, really focused on product quality, innovation and solutions. We had sales organizations, pipelines and um, processes and all the things that touch sales down. And so that's what we started to get into. That's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you for that background there. It's really cool how it all kind of worked out. And what you said too, just, you know, about your approach to the business as a whole, I think is so important for the industry of, you know, looking at it as this long-term thing and other ways to give back because, you know, like you're saying, a lot of people came in this industry, I think for a quick crash, a cash grab. And then they saw, mm -hmm. oh, this industry is kind of a beast in a lot of ways. Yes. A lot of regulations, a lot of yellow tape. So that's really cool. Yeah. That. Um, and I think this is a good time to kind of dive into, you know, without giving away maybe some secrets into, you know, the sales joint. Um, so is that primarily like a digital sales or is it kind of um, on the ground sales as well? Or kind of like, what, how does that work? So what we tell people is that the way we explain ourselves is we're a sales agency that essentially is about um, creating high impact growth for top line revenue sales. And we do that by supporting or providing a sales infrastructure. So it's, and I'm using this kind of terminology because it's hard to describe sales. People think sales happens at the point of transaction. And 
It does and doesn't. That's not the only place that a sale takes place. A sale takes place from the moment your, your prospect is looking for you. So your website, your branding, your social, your voice, your everything touches sales, your customer service, your policies, the user experience, everything touches sales. So you really need to consider that um, the sales is and has an infrastructure to it, and we say that we can help any part of any part of that infrastructure that touches the sales. So one of the ways we do that is we can partner with farms directly, and we can basically act as their sales agency, and we dial dispensaries remotely. We basically get to build rapport with purchasing managers, bud tenders, um, store owners. And essentially we move product, we, we, we make appointments to move product into those stores. And then the farm has a person usually part-time or depending on how much they need sold, it, it can vary, but they have one person that's like the boots on the ground. That's it. And we say, okay, we lined up, you know, these five appointments for you on Tuesday, you're talking to this person, this person, this person, this is what they need to see. We already know they have their menus, they're testing their samples ready to go. And they have the scripts, they've been taught the sales systems that, you know, we work with and they're like, okay. And they drop off the samples, they build that relationship and they become a reliable vendor to these stores um, through partially our work on the phones with that relationship, our meticulous follow-up and partly, you know, the farm's brand, their, their dedication to product quality, whatever it is that they have that makes them different and special. That's really how we, we partner with them to sell. So we do that with a very, very select number of clients because we want to make sure we're completely aligned with someone before getting into that relationship since it's um, commission-based and very much like we have to rely in, uh, on each other's um, skill sets and we have to be able to trust each other, you know? So uh, you've got to trust me to be able to convert. I've got to be able to trust you to close that. And, you know, that we're all working together to, for the betterment of the grow is really how we work because it's our, it's our tagline. No one grows alone. That's what we live. So yeah, that's, that's one way we work with people. And then the other way is just, we'll consult, um, you know, we'll help people with a go-to-market strategy. We'll even do parts of that strategy. You could hire us for certain things. You can hire us to project manage other things. You know, we're not web developers, but we've built enough websites that we know what should be there and shouldn't be there. So we can kind of quarterback that process. So we can accordion those services to fit any size producer um, with any need just by, they can buy a pack of hours and say, okay, I wanna use 10 hours to help me build a business plan, to help me build my content plan, to help me understand you know, my quarterly goals for this quarter, whatever it is, um, to do my social for me. We can, we can help because it's all working towards that sales process ultimately and those sales goals. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I love that. And so it sounds like mostly you're working with farms you're saying. Or, yes. Okay, cool. Cool. Farms processors. Um, we're open to brokers. Brokers tend to see us as competition, um, which I understand. And so I'm like, well, we're not really brokers. Um, so I don't, I don't know how that one's a little tough, but definitely processors and um, farms. Yeah. And is, is there a pretty even split in terms of your clients with like CBD hemp and then like medical re recreational or is there a main focus there? No, we definitely focus on THC. Um, so we have definitely medical, um, medical states and rec states are equally, you know, um, easy to help. I would say 
the the places where we are needed the most is if somebody is in an emerging market, you know, getting started or trying to enter and be competitive in maybe a saturated market, or they're just brand new to the cannabis business. So they need some area of our expertise and, and our experience. You know, we've we've done all of those things plenty of times that we know kind of we can we can show you the path and say, watch out for this. There's there's a turn here, you know. So prepare for that kind of a thing. Yeah, save saving money in the long run. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's um that's super cool that you guys are doing it like that. And um, so I like what you said about the emerging markets, because I'm always looking online and, you know, I've heard a lot of good things about Oklahoma lately, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, Arizona, you know, like a year ago, I feel like I was kind of hearing similar things, Florida. Do you you have a couple mark, like a market or two that you think is like at the top of your mind when it comes to expansion and whatnot in the current? Yeah, absolutely. We, um, you know, Oklahoma is really where we've been working for the past, I want to say year and a half or so. That's, um, that's been an incredible market that has evolved so, so fast because it's, it got flooded because they made it so easy to open a business. And then they have a bunch of people trying to run businesses and that don't have any business savvy or people trying to grow cannabis that don't have any cannabis savvy. And it's, it's kind of chaos for a while. And then they fought against metric. And so there was black market and legal market coexisting and it was crazy for a bit, but um, what we're seeing now metric is taking place and P and they're cracking. OMMA is cracking down on illegal grows. Like Oklahoma is evolving and maturing just as rapidly as it um, emerged. And so it's really exciting to be in that market because we've been pushing professionalism in sales in the cannabis space. And this is such a great test case for us of like, see what it was like when it was chaos. And now look at what it can be when we have this, you know, control over a supply chain and market stability and efficiencies in sales processes. And so that's exciting. And we're really excited to be a part of Canacon in um, Biloxi, Missouri and, um, and Albuquerque, New Mexico in 2023, because it sounds like they are going to be opening the same way Oklahoma opened. So I'm really excited, like the teacher in me, which is how I, I started my career. I was going to be a high school English teacher. And so like, I still believe deeply sales and education are very, very similar or very linked. So I'm excited to teach these new markets, what we already learned in Oklahoma and be like, guys, wait, listen, do this. Trust me. I've been there. And it's great because I, I love the idea of these of states learning from one another rather than always reinventing the wheel. Like, yes, put your own fingerprint on a market, but don't feel like you have to repeat mistakes that others have made. We can we can start from a different, you know, a little bit ahead. And and to that point, I think there's a lot to learn from California and some yes. of the things that are going have gone wrong and are still, you know, persistently going wrong out here. So it's good to learn from, you know, doing it's also great to learn from the mistakes. And you got me excited when you said Missouri, because that's one of the states I'm also looking at. I lived in Kansas for seven years and that's where most of my family is. So my mom's like five minutes away from the state line, the border from Kansas City, Kansas to Kansas City, Missouri. So I saw those medical dispensaries start popping up. I'm like, this is awesome. So that's cool. Yeah. Well, much about CanCon. Is it kind of like a Hall of Flowers, MJ BizCon type deal? No, it's it's smaller than an MJ BizCon. It's not as 
um, grower centric as Hall of Flowers. It's just a, it's very much like an industry trade show, but I actually really loved the one we went to in OKC. It was, they had great speakers. They just had a good energy. There were people there doing business and like actually meeting the people they wanted to meet and introducing and launching new products that were actually pretty innovative and exciting and stuff like that. And so I, I we had such a good experience in OKC that we had no problem signing up for two more. And we were like, let's, let's come back to OKC and let's sign up for two more and see how that goes because trade shows are tough you know it's everybody promotes themselves as being the best in the industry and you can waste a lot of money going to the wrong trade shows so you got to be careful out there yeah yeah that's so true too and then just like you're saying the money and just the time that goes into setting up a simple booth can yeah and the community oh and everything. yes <laughs> Thanks, <Tyler. laughs> now, i'm curious what's your favorite uh consumption method do you do you like edibles do you smoke mostly um beverages at all i love edibles i i think it's something about it feels like um, almost surrendering control to letting the high hit me. It's like, I know I've set myself up for something, but then how it hits when it hits is, is totally like up to my body in a way. And it's like, oh, it metabolized it like this. And so this is what's going on for, and I'm like, I'm just here for the ride. This is good. And it, and I've gotten better at dosing as well so that I know um, timing wise, what I need to feel. And, and I really learned that I want to say last fall, maybe, um, when I was starting to publicly speak more and I was going up and giving talks at these conferences. And I feel like the, the first one I did, I just took the most perfect edible at the most perfect time. It just killed all the anxiety. And I got to show up as like my best self. It was awesome. So I think edibles are, are kind of my way of surrendering to the to whatever the plant wants to do and feels is right. So I love that, and of course, flower is great. Um, but yeah, I think that's my favorite. I love that perspective of just being that open to it because I'm a similar way. But you know, there's, yeah, there's so many people out there who you know have had the bad edible experiences, and that's why I think beverages are really cool. A lot of times, is what I'll tell people is that you can take it like sip by sip. You know, pour it mm -hmm. whatever you're sipping because it'll have that kind of rapid onset effect. Not you know as much as smoking, but people people get scared of edibles. So I love hearing that like the openness, like you said, because it's just kind of an experience that you take in. And I, and I'll take the same amount, you know, like yesterday I took the same amount I did the day before and it hit me so differently. So it's always, yes. it's like always a science experiment going on. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, I get to play a little bit and be my own experiment. You're right. <laughs> and then like when you were talking about, you know, the edibles and stuff, you, you have another business as well, correct? Um, yep. Um, Terra Select and is another business and then the infused show. Okay. That's what um, I'm the infused show. I, I, okay. <laughs> good, good. I was like, there's two here. I don't know which one you want. <laughs> um, yeah. The infused show is our cannabis talk show. So it's me and my partner, Mike, that I was talking about earlier. And then my husband, Nick is also part of the company and he hosts the show. And um, Frank is our producer He's also our VP of sales. So you have everybody that's like actually actively in the industry producing and hosting a show about the industry and for the industry. So we're here to teach those kind of curious people, you know, maybe that are like kind of hanging on the edge. They hear cannabis is a really cool industry to get into, but maybe they're only headline reading and they want to get some more honest intel, not just data or numbers. And so we're there for that to kind of explain the industry to the newbies or the interested. 
And then we're also there for people who are operating in the industry. We actually did a whole episode on trade shows and like how to approach them and who to expect to run into when you're at a trade show and how to categorize them and capturing leads and following up and making sure you get that ROI. And so things like that to um, interviews with people like um, AC Moon, who is an OG grower and um, Alex from C1D1 Labs. And it's just really exciting to to be able to talk to so many people. And now we're even getting inquiries from people not in the industry, but wanting to offer the industry something that we're like, okay, we're going to very carefully vet you to make sure that we are only bringing valuable, you know, assets to, you know, a microphone. So, um, but it's, it's fun to like build a community that way, as I'm sure you are well aware. (laughs) Yep. That, that's my favorite part right there. But I always say like right now, just being able to do this or in the studio or just, just that connectivity element. And always, I'm a huge proponent of just always being a student in the industry and learning. You know, there, there's so much and there's so much to learn really. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm like, God, the amount of things I don't know still, but, um, and the amount of things that I want to share with other people, it's like a huge competition of, I I'm curious and eager to, to give back to, and that's a, it's a great place to be, to feel like we have an industry that where that's um, received well, you know, we're not so old and ancient and stuck in our ways in anything. We're all innovators and we're all disruptors right now because just having this industry itself is disruptive. So it's okay that we're on shaky ground and um, we are just kind of all going to hang on to the people that we trust the most while we get through those, that quakiness and we'll, we'll land solidly and, and find ourselves in, in good company when we do. That was very well said. You make me feel good over here. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) You inspired it. (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. So how long, how long have you been doing that show? Um, We've just been a little bit over a year now, I want to say. Yeah. Sweet. I should have checked it out before this. So I had a little more done a little more reconnaissance, but I'm happy to check it out. Where's the best place to find it? Please do. Yes. Um, We would love more subscribers on our YouTube channel. So um, infused colon a cannabis talk show is a great place to find us, but we're also a part of PodConX uh, network. So you can subscribe anywhere that you listen to podcasts as well. If you just want the audio, um, if you're not really that video medium person, I totally respect it. I like to listen and do other things. So I totally get it. Sweet. Sweet. Is that, is that podcast platform kind of just like, um, you, you record through there as well. And it's like, it's all in one shot basically. Yeah. So we actually record in our studio and then we upload it to their software or whatever, and then they publish it. It's they're fantastic. If if you'd like, I'd love to introduce you. I mean, they're just such a good group of people out there. So trying to come together and do something for the industry, which is, you know, exactly what you and I are doing. (laughs) Yeah, that's, yeah, that's cool. I'm going to check those out, check that out for sure. Yeah. What, what are your thoughts on, and are you excited, like apart from, you know, legalization being exciting in general, but like, I think when, you know, that's why I was kind of saying the future of sales in a way is kind of what you're doing, you know, being able to do that because once, the, once things open up more and borders open up more, I feel like it's just going to mm, really explode everything and you're pro and you're going to be positioned really well, you know, to be able to. Yeah. You know, that's, that's really what we want is like, you know, what's, what's coming is, everybody knows corporate weed has so many um, 
ways that they can win their this fight and they can really decimate craft cannabis producers and you know the OG growers and that that future is not bright because that just leaves the landscape full of a few big producers that eventually will stop caring about innovation and integrity and variety and getting the best medication to patients. Um, so we are really looking to help protect craft cannabis for the future, set them up to win. For some, that looks like getting your business to a point where you're the multi-state operator. For others, it might be getting you in a position where you can be the, the small craft mom and pops, you know, artisan that lasts in a really, you know, whitewashed kind of market. And for others, it's getting positioned to be sold and acquired so that their master grower can have a position in a really big company and everybody can win in a payoff or whatever it is. But it's important that craft cannabis takes the business side of business very seriously now. Use this as a runway. Get your your stuff together because we can outperform these big guys. Corporate weed doesn't have a soul. We do. And that's what we're all buying into with this plant. So, so yes, hold on to that soul of your business, but make sure there's a business to your business. That's not the bad guy. Making money isn't the bad guy. It's, it's using that money for, you know, making the world a better place. That's how we win really. And I know that might sound a little cheesy and woo woo, but it's, it's not, it's actually just sales 101. <laughs> so it's like you you earn a profit, then you get to decide what to do with it. And that empowers you. And we need an empowered industry of craft cannabis growers. I'm clipping that up right there. That was perfect. <laughs> Thank I, I, you. I'm, I'm in such agreement with like everything you said about, you know, the craft growers and, you know, kind of the soulless corporate aspect because, and that's where I've always been a believer that, you know, people can see through that pretty easily for most people, mm -hmm. but what does kind of not scare me, but what makes me a little uneasy slightly is thinking about maybe that corporate, you know, 10, 15 years from now when they're the OG is kind of have gone down or, you know, like how this, so it's so important. What you're saying is really honing in now, nailing it so it can maintain the longevity moving forward into, you know, years and down the road decades. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's a weird, everybody likes to make the craft beer analogy and yes and no. I think what, what we can take away from the craft beer world is that there is always going to be a market for artisans in any product and any commodity. There, there's an artisanal audience that you can always sell to and most likely sell, um, you know, top dollar or be, you know, a, a higher end provider to those people. But what we didn't or couldn't learn from craft beer is that craft beer came in really after Coors Light and Miller Light and everybody else owned the market. And we're in the opposite situation where craft growers owned the market and now corporate's coming. So that's why it's like, you've got to, you know, I, I don't know what analogy you want to use, like plant deep roots, you know, like you've got to make sure that you are, you are grounded to survive that. And you can do that. There is a market for that. If you actually know who you're going after, know who your market is, establish your share, your market share, and then just don't stop delivering. Don't ever stop delivering on, on a brand promise and, and the quality that you know that your buyers deserve. 
Well, well said there once again. Sorry, I was just <laughs> clicking something. I got a little 10 minute notification. I need to upgrade the premium again. So <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> I do tend to get on a soapbox. Sorry about oh, that. No, 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 I, no, seriously. I, I love it. I love everything you're saying because I feel like we're really aligned, you know, yeah. with that thinking there and the way the industry is forming. And I have heard that analogy before, but I hadn't quite thought of it like you, like how you said it with how corporates come in and after and the whole craft beer model is super interesting. I think an important thing too, with kind of along the same lines of what you're talking about with, you know, the brand maintaining its core values and stuff and, you know, finding its target, you know, demographic and audience. But like with that too, what I've found super, you know, fun and it's been really valuable. It's just kind of the events and, you know, going out and these cannabis events are so accepting. You meet so many people, you have fun, you talk and that, that to me, or if you're the brand providing the experience is even, you know, more fun sometimes because you see all the people having fun with what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I think that needs to be, you know, a lot bigger thing in general is like for, for more brands in general, but I, a lot do it out here, but I've noticed some really good ROI on just that kind of, you know, event style, having fun and just with being and also spending the time with the people that you're selling to, you know, and getting their feedback is huge too. And learning, and maybe we should change this little piece on here. Maybe we should write this on the packaging, maybe. And I think that's so, that's so valuable to me. Yes. I couldn't have said it better myself. That is so, so true. And it's, it's networking and community building. It's education and and listening and staying curious and being open for feedback to improve. If we can do that, who's, who's going to say no? You're going to love that person. That brand becomes like your friend because they're they're catering to you. That's awesome. That's successful branding for sure. Yeah. When you see people come in, they know what they want right away that the brand's got them hooked. I heard somebody was telling me an interesting like statistic the other day that people usually try something like four times before really committing. If you interesting, uh, so uh, I, I don't know how, if that's, you know, those numbers are hundred percent true, but it makes sense. Cause you know, you hear the other numbers, like sometimes you got to reach out to people six, seven times, you know, for follow-up and whatnot, but that's always mm-hmm. interesting to me. And it made me think kind of, maybe that is true. Cause I'll usually buy something for me. It's mo- mo- usually once or twice, I guess, probably. If I'm like, I'll usually give something one more shot for the most part, but after two times, I mean, if it's like a product, I'm like, I'm okay. I'll I'll hold Same, same. (laughs) Yeah. Two is like when you is like the rejection point. And then I can see four becoming almost the brand loyalty point. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, that's better said there. Brand loyalty right there. The fourth buy. Like, okay. We're in, we're in. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm like every dispensary I go to, uh, I go into, I look for wild gummies. I'm always like, okay, do you have wild gummies? I love, and I learned to love them just by liking them once, liking another flavor, liking their CBD line. I was like, I think I found something here. So this is great, you know? And that's what you want from somebody is like, when you're going into a new city, you want to make sure that you, you're the familiar face that, that the friend that they have waiting for them. Yep. And I agree. Wild has done really well when I'm inside work in these dispensaries. I'll see people come in and ask the same thing pretty often. Like, oh, do you have the wild uh, CBN or wild whatever? So yeah, it's, it's great to see that, you know, people doing a great job on that. Yeah. It's yeah. probably one of the most popular edibles out here. Is the, Really? They're, they're oh, good. They're, they're up there. They're up there. I'm glad to hear that. Um, have you had any um, other favorite edibles out there or where, throughout the States that you visited and whatnot or brand or just brands that stick out to you at all? I think select has been one of my favorite um, vape experiences, even though they are kind of corporate, like it's just, they, I don't know. I've, I've really liked some of their stuff that I've had, but 
Um, I'm trying to think of who else isn't like another brand because I, I always mix it up with flour. Like I'll always mix up flour. So I'm just asking about, you know, who's a local grower you like, or I'm looking for a certain kind of experience or, you know, and, um, and then as soon as a bud tender says, would you like sativa or indica? And then please, please, please don't ask that. I'm in the industry. Like I, I can shop better than that. So, like, so a little bit of like pretension there, but uh, it, it's, yeah, I think it's more about going out there and trying to get recommendations to see. It also helps me see like, what is the bud tender recommending? And then I can ask them be like, so why did you recommend that? Is it that you like it? Is it that you like the packaging? Is it that you've heard people like it? Because that helps us when we're trying to sell for farms to know what bud to how bud tenders recommend. So it's a little recon action whenever I shop too. Making the best use of your time there, two birds with uh, one son. Yeah, a little business and pleasure. <laughs> I, I love doing that all the time myself. Yeah. Now, I, you know, this is a little off topic, but um, have you been to Jersey since it's become legal? Have you visited any legal Jersey shops? So I tried to. On the day that they went legal, on the 21st, um, I, my husband and I got in our car and I was like, let's just go. And I, and I looked and I was like, ah, oh, they're all corporate weed, but we'll just try it out. And so we went to a Columbia cares one. Um, I think it's a cannabis dispensary and we pulled up and there were cars pulling in and out. And the guy at the door was like, are you met? Are you here for medical or rack? And we were like, rack. And he was like, yeah, come back from between five and seven. And it was two o'clock in the afternoon. And I was like, oh, wow, guys, poor form. That's not not a good opening look. And so then we went to uh, like a mile away or two miles away was a cure leaf and the line was just wrapped around the building. And I was like, I'm actually all stocked up. I was just doing this to support the new legal effort. So I'm not waiting in that line for that. I'll, I'll be back. <laughs> so haven't gotten back there yet. Cause I've been on the road a lot since, but I'm um, planning on it, planning on it. That's pretty crazy. That's what I think sometimes when I see, you know, new States opening up in these huge lines, I'm so excited to see it, but I'm like, is it really that hard? Was it that hard to get weed out there before? Like, <laughs> I know. And the answer is, yeah, it kind of is sometimes. Yeah, I would never be, uh, I, but that's at the same time, I've never been somebody to like wait outside for like a new iPhone drop or like a PlayStation same. or something. I, I, it was hard for me to wrap my head around that. However, if there was maybe a cannabis product I was really about, I, I might camp out for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I did wait for a Wii, a Nintendo Wii nice, that nice. I did that. Yeah. I did the whole like line for a minute and then, uh, got the last of the four that were given to the store or something. Oh, so yeah. it was, it was very satisfying, <laughs> <laughs> but well, yeah, it's, it's crazy. People get, get very excited with a new on state, uh, our new board, new state on board. Yeah. That's yeah. I didn't realize how uh, corporate it was out there. It makes sense though. You know, yeah. and the whole homegrown thing really bothered me about Jersey, me too. but that's just Jersey, you know, Jersey is so weird and corrupt in a lot of ways out there. It's still kind of mafioso. I feel like it's like, oh yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's a world of its own out there at small little garden state, but, uh, <laughs> just be careful where you dig because yeah, you don't know what's in that soil yeah that's true i used to dig i used to dig in my soil and find stuff all the time actually yeah that doesn't surprise me <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I had to bring it to the Jersey a little bit, but um, we got like a two minutes left. Like I said, I need to upgrade my deal, but it's been a pleasure speaking with you today. And, you know, I look forward to connecting in the future. If ever you're out in California, you know, you and your yes. husband, please let me know. I'll hook you guys up with a bunch of, you know, 
products with Koan, the company I work for, invite you guys out to an event or something. We're doing an in-studio session too with uh, you guys. So yeah. Oh, that would be amazing. We are definitely planning a trip out there soon. So I will take you up on that. Yeah. Yeah. Please, yeah. please let me know. I can send you some recommendations too. And also there's a bunch of cool lounges opening up in West Hollywood. So awesome. worth, worth checking those out as well. Oh, a hundred percent, hundred percent. I'm there. Awesome. Awesome. And to everybody listening, watching, and I'll have links below for everything um, to, you know, go follow you and see what's up there. Yeah, please do. If you need anything sales wise, you need a speaker for your event. I just love talking about this stuff. So please reach out. You can follow me on Instagram to Francesca underscore can C-A-N-N underscore. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I, I know. I definitely want to maybe, you know, do like a consultation or, you know, reach out for a phone call. Cause I, I love geeking out on sales stuff. And I kind of want to talk a little more in depth behind the scenes and kind of let you into my world and, you know, kind of get your opinion. Love that. Love that. Yes, awesome. absolutely. Sweet, sweet. Thank you for it. Thank you again. And I uh, hope you have a great rest of your night. Thank you. You too. This has been so much fun. Enjoy. Thank you. Have a great night. Bye. Bye. This is true buzz that Mary Jane. Now we ain't new to this. From my stones and from my cannabis enthusiasts. Never heard a show as good as this. Uh, number one, it's the best. Bringing in many special guests in the industry of cannabis. Business owners to growers, even artists you know of. So sit back and just roll up. Perfect show for my smokers. True buzz. Hey.